Hello, everyone, and welcome to Incredible Critics. I am Andrew Moore, and with me are two special guests today for uh, a little special episode of Incredible Critics. We record these if we ever need a backup episode, because Ben and Tim and Frankie and I can't always get together at the same time. So, joining me are Austin and Peter. You may recognize them from our last talk about the Snyder Cut. If you want to listen to that, go check it out on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you get your podcast feed. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm ready to talk sci-fi. I'm, I'm ready to, to have clear-cut communication with Pete. <laughs> yes, last time we did have a little bit of a communication issue, but um, that was a technology issue not not nothing between pete and austin <laughs> but anyway oh, got my second covid shot so uh my my creeping want for uh for microsoft products will be will be coming in so i i'm quite <laughs> frankly i don't know why we're not doing this on skype i'm a little disappointed uh well our sponsorship money comes from dr pepper and um they did not want to be associated with skype Ooh. Isn't that amazing? Like, just uh, just not to get too <laughs> off topic here, but isn't it amazing how like this brand was already clearly established for like almost a decade and the exact technology that everyone needed during a global pandemic, and you didn't hear one person say its name? Skype, yeah. Zoom yeah. just kind of zoomed on in and filled that void that didn't exist somehow. <laughs> well, they just fell off the face of the earth before COVID. Nobody was using Skype anymore because they viewed it as a, you know, a relic of a bygone era, a bygone age. Yeah, because every because now every everyone like Facebook has has it, and 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 Apple has the FaceTime, and yeah. Speaking of technology and the future, those are two highlights uh, often found in science fiction, and that is going to be our topic of discussion today. Uh, segways are also incredible technology that we haven't seen in a whole lot of sci-fi so we'll who uh, you know maybe wow. you should get on that pete and make a movie about segways <laughs> wow you're killing it right now <laughs> i don't know about that frankie's probably gonna come back later and be like andrew that was the dumbest thing i've ever heard but yeah guys i um asked austin and pete to uh to prepare some ideas to talk about um, and uh, one of the ideas we all agreed on was science fiction and our top, some of our top favorite sci-fi movies of all time. So we're each going to present three of our favorite sci-fi movies and talk about them and why you guys should watch them if you haven't already. And if you have already, maybe they're worth another, they're probably worth another rewatch. So, Austin... Since we couldn't hear as well from you last week, let's start with you. What was what's your number one pick for sci-fi in this this uh, recommendation list? Well, I would, I want to call it number one because because uh, I'm not making a value judgment by uh, by the the order of this list, but I'm gonna start off with uh, with the uh, with the uh, uh, my most pop out answer, which is basically basically the most easy answer. But Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. Um, Yes, it's, it's it's an easy one, but like when I when I'm really racking my brain, like I feel like I feel like it almost be a hipster move to not include it just because it's popular. <laughs> I love Star Wars so much. I wanted to be able to talk about something other than Star Wars myself, um, and that's not to knock on Austin's pick at all. 
I I 100% back your pick um, because if you haven't seen Star Wars Empire Strikes Back already, what are you what are you doing? I know a couple people who actually haven't. What yeah. are some people just don't care? What are you doing? Yeah. And and look, and let's look, I'm I'm a fan of uh of uh psychologist Carl Jung and uh and Joseph Campbell and he he's the kind of there those two are kind of the uh some of the purveyors of you know archetypal storytelling mm-hmm. uh and, and culture and stuff and and it's uh, obviously the original Star Wars trilogy is you know the classic heroes the one of the best examples of the classic hero hero's journey mm-hmm. um and so that, that's that's one of the reasons why i just had to pick it because it's so quintessential and it's such a it's such a, a time tested and time-worn tale at its core but it it was it's told in such a way that it it captivated a whole new generation of uh of people and it really laid the the entertainment foundations for millions and millions of lives and um, so I think that it just, and obviously, uh, the consensus is that empire is the pinnacle of that. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I would agree with that. And yeah, this it, I, and I'm also, I'm also a fan of, uh, of kind of darker storytelling and, and of the original trilogy empire is definitely like kind of the, the, the darkest one sure, of those. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and I, it's, we, we, we don't even have to dwell on it too much because I can talk plenty about my other two. So, and I know that you two have your list as well. So, uh, I'll just I'll just say that you know for this this pick is for uh, for the culture for Carl Jung for Joseph Campbell and for <laughs> archetypes everywhere. For the culture, Pete, <laughs> what's your what's your pick? Uh, like my best out of my three or any of them? Any of them. In no particular order will be, we be revealing these. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, okay. The first one I want to talk about is Prometheus. Ooh, it's not... a dark yeah. horse. Yep, a dark mm-hmm. horse. Yep, there's a definition of dark horse because it was a very <laughs> controversial movie because not a lot of people liked it. I love Prometheus. I love Prometheus. One of my favorite <laughs> movies. It makes no sense. It's convoluted. <laughs> too long. No character development. Love it. <laughs> just, my type, just my type of movie. <laughs> uh, I want to say, uh, what's his face? The the guy who plays a robot. He's in like Michael every movie. Michael Fassbender. Thank you. Michael Fassbender's performance is ten superb. out of ten. Ten superb. Him, it's the first movie I actually ever saw him. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, I, I think it might have been mine, too. Yeah, I was Same. like, dude, this guy can act. I'm like, holy crap. I literally thought it was a robot. That's how good he was. Like, I was like, oh, that's, that's just a robot. They figured it out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> uh, no, but I just, just to add on to Prometheus, things I love, while it might not nail the cores of filmmaking, what it does nail is atmosphere. I think the atmosphere in Prometheus is palpable. You can almost feel the the dread, the loneliness, the curiosity. You know, a lot of these movies, these sci-fi movies, they approach curiosity from a positive perspective where curiosity is this amazing thing and it's hippity-hoppity, yay, here we go, let's go find out things. This movie is like, curiosity is dark, curiosity is depressing. Literally killed if, the cat. <laughs> yep. Yeah, what if there is no God? Who created us? Like, it's just it's so dark. 
and you forget that this movie's about like aliens ripping apart humans. Like there's a little bit of that, but like at the core of it, it's about that deep dark feeling in your gut, knowing like why are we here? Like it's like this discovery of like this soul searching at its finest, and the movie does that brilliantly throughout its core and. Then, the plot twist might be cheesy. Since since we're trying to help sell these sell these movies to people, another point to sell, Pete, is visually the movie is stunning. Oh, stunning. Ridley stunning. Scott oh, stunning. pretty much always oh. knocks it out of the park from the visual perspective yeah. and from, like you said, atmosphere building. Atmosphere it is, and, yeah. It is a gorgeous Cin- film. I mean, the cinematography in Prometheus and the sequel to it, whatever it was called, that yeah, one was even worse. It. Oh my God, it was so bad. But the atmosphere in that was, and some scenes are incredible in that movie too. Still looks so if you're looking, yeah. Oh, stunning! Oh, like top top grade cinematography. Just if you want your jaw dropped at some of like the shots and the planets and the ooh ah, it's a great ooh ah movie. Uh, even the, I'll never forget the intro scene to Prometheus. They're in this white room, and you could just the guys. You know when other movies try to like give you tell you their character is rich, and like you're like mm, yeah, I don't know. This movie, the guy just smells like money. The <laughs> like he's just in this giant white room with a robot playing piano for him. You're like, oh, dude, this guy's like, yeah. this guy's made it. Loaded. Like, beyond Tony Stark, Bruce like, this Wayne guy's in the future like, is doing really well for himself. Yeah, like you know how like BVS. I didn't really buy that Batman was rich in that movie. Like he kind of like felt like he's wearing like, you know, Salvation Army suits. I don't know why, <laughs> but just, it just he didn't pull the rich guy vibe off. But who plays uh it's the same guy that plays the villain in iron man 3 that plays the father the old man in the present day but the guy that created oh, yeah. the robot uh, uh, I, forget. I don't know his years. name guy, yeah he's brilliant yeah he's they decided to take a really young guy and make him the old dude for some reason yeah i don't want to give away the movie in case somebody want to watch it but basically yeah, i'm not going to talk anymore about the plot but the ending is just like oh what you know <laughs> you're like, oh no! Everything's going to. <laughs> oh, like, uh, language. Let me let me uh, recut that. Oh no! Everything's going to crap. Crap, crap, mega crap. All right, and I'll end it on that. Yeah. You, you I, I like that. I, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that pick. It's a bold. It's a bold pick, Cotton. Let's well, thank see. You, thank you. Let's see how it plays out. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I really liked Prometheus, uh, even though I that its faults are very apparent. I'm a big fan of when sci-fi tries to intersect itself in storytelling with uh, with religion, and even if even if it doesn't always come out well, I think just taking that chance is something that it can is, is to be admired. In I think book. that was one of the better things that it did, because unlike BVS or like Man of Steel, it didn't feel like forced and cringy and just ugh like mm-hmm. stupid it felt stupid in those movies like religion felt stupid on the previous it was on the nose yeah. in those this is a bit more tastefully done i guess is the yeah word. prometheus did it pretty tastefully and it did it in like a very like take it as you will kind of way you know you tell you know it's ask the audience the questions like what do you think do you think that the gods are these aliens are gods do you think that christianity has any like root in anything you know you 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 decide mm-hmm. and there's a lot of religious imagery and comparisons between the you know the aliens and the... but anyways yeah. it's just it's, a, it's i know it's a bold pick but prometheus again not the perfect not a perfect movie the plot is garbage kind of but, <laughs> but uh, uh well, it's not garbage it's still captivating <laughs> the, so the, so the writing they, they chose the dumbest scientists to yeah go on that 
Ocean. The yeah, dumbest will, yeah. biologist, the dumbest biologist. Yes. If the crew was smart, the movie would have the been crew like a had 10 an, out of 10. had the intelligence of like a B-horror movie cast yes. list. Like, like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It felt like a Sharknado yes yeah. <laughs> in this beautifully filmed thought out movie <laughs> this, what's like, supposed to be this like return to the epic saga of the alien series is is met with this <laughs> it's depressing because prometheus if it was done right it was written well if the dialogue some of the dialogue by the way is very good but 90 percent of it is hot garbage and if it wasn't, this would have been like, you know, a revolutionary movie, maybe like the Blade Runner of our time or maybe something to kickstart that genre again into a more mature, uh, grown-up. Horror sci-fi. Yeah, horror sci-fi, but with a calmer, more peaceful, you know, a futuristic take on it. Yeah, and that's why I take it on Like intellectual or, or, uh, or philosophical. Exactly. Just a deeper, like makes you sit down and go, huh, kind of yeah. movies. And, that, and I, I think that's the that's... essence of sci-fi. Yeah, and I think you, you, had a, you had a good point about um, the movie asking its audience what they think, and I think mm-hmm. that that's why it, that's why it worked well is because it didn't try to provide answers. It it gave you some nuggets to think about and to apply to knowledge that you already had, and then and then it kind of let it marry in in your mind, and then you kind of made it. You know, exactly, it's on Zack Snyder going. Did you see that? Look, Superman is Jesus. Look, see. <laughs> He's Jesus. Dude, did you see that? Let me put a cross behind him. Big, big cross. Let me have his arms uh, fold like this in space. Do you get it now? He's Jesus. So, yeah, like, yeah, so. That's one thing I'll always have, hate Zack Snyder for. Like, dude, I get, I'm okay. I get it. Like, Jesus. Bro, we we get it. <laughs> Wonder yeah, Woman is Jesus. in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's, like, let's not do right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting into DC. That's like, okay, shut up again. All right, Andrew, you pick, say your movie. Go ahead. All right, so our my movie is a movie we literally just watched. Well, not at the time of this that this airs, but you just saw it, Pete. Arrival. It yeah, is fantastic. Fantastic. an emotional ride, beautifully shot, well written and acted, um, compelling sci-fi movie that, as I described to Pete after watching it, a lot of. Um, a lot of sci-fi, I think, a lot of the, the more popular sci-fi that we see is um, people It's people telling a story about like some kind of sci-fi concept. Whereas Arrival, to me, feels more like a sci-fi concept being used to tell a human story. Um, it's, it's less about the aliens and everything that's happening there, and, it's, and, it, and it kind of delves into what pete was talking about the philosophical question of would what would you do in this if you were in this i don't want to give away anything about the plot in case you haven't seen this movie because it definitely the less you know about it the better it will be um but it it really again like asks the audience what do you think and this is what this character chose would you do this and it's and it's a really hard question that it asks, um, and the whole movie itself is an illustration of the point that uh, that it that it's trying to make. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how else to word that without it sounding like yeah, duh. But uh, the whole movie is an allegory for the story that it's telling in and of itself. It's it's very uh, meta, I guess, in a way. Um, but uh, I love the visuals. You're—I didn't hear you, Pete. You're muted. 
I said, if you want a challenge, sorry, I don't want to like make weird noises while you're talking. Uh, if you want a challenge, I, I tried this today. Try to explain a friend of yours, like the, like try to explain them arrival. <laughs> it's really it's harder than it sounds. I tried to explain, I could explain it, to, it to him pretty. I could explain. So I've there's seen like enough these times, but... fifteen foot tall squid heptapod aliens, right? And they can only talk with like ink. <laughs> and I, I don't want to give away the movie. And they're like, their language is like very complicated. They can manipulate. So like a, a light synopsis, if I, if I had to, yeah. Uh, yeah. Arrival is about the arrival of this, okay, yeah, this species <laughs> that humanity ends up calling the heptapods. We, they don't re they don't know why they're here, but their ships land. They, they don't seem to be wanting to attack. Uh, we can't figure out what they want because of the language barrier. They, they don't speak in a language we can understand and they uh and the the main character is a linguist um who teams up with some other people like a, 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 a i think it was a theoretical like physics yeah, yeah yeah um jeremy renner and amy adams are are the leads basically and uh, and they are the whole movie's about them and their team and humanity trying to figure out how to communicate with these aliens which on paper seems like it'd be super boring but um, there's other aspects of the story that are that are kind of revealing themselves slowly as as this overall uh, narrative is being told that keeps you wondering like there's more to this than than we're getting right now, um, which is really interesting because you're like learning what this movie is trying to communicate to you as they're learning to communicate with the aliens. That's I guess more or less the point I was trying to get across before. Um, it's a beautifully emotional movie, uh, and that's why, one of the reasons I love it and why it's one of my picks um, is because it's this emotionally compelling story uh, told in a sci-fi package, much like Interstellar, which I wanted to put in my list, but I wanted to kind of keep my three picks um, different. Uh, mm. and the reason I picked them for different reasons, so we'll, we'll get into those in a bit. So Arrival would be my, my my recommendation to you all. Yeah, I need to see that one again because I, I didn't get to to watch it uh, with you guys on movie night. I was out um, drinking cranberry juice with my friends. <laughs> nice. You know, very in case nice. there are any kids listening, I love cranberry juice. Very good for the very good for the for the gut and the good for the soul. Who's drinking mead. <laughs> <laughs> a medieval reference for those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But to add on the arrival, yeah, beautifully shot, great acting, really intriguing storylines. Uh, just a fantastic movie. Yeah, just uh, really captivating. One of those movies that makes you sit down and go, like, like that's what a good sci-fi movie should do. Make you sit down and go, huh, you know. Yeah. That's the whole purpose of the sci-fi. Yeah, you know, think for a minute. And think you know, for a minute, yeah. And, and, and I, think, I think one of the things that the movie does beautifully is that Despite it being the strangest crossover of the MCU and the DC, <laughs> Hawkeye and Lois trying to find Superman and Iron Man in a team up buddy cop action movie coming soon. Uh, I just had to make that joke. Yeah, no, I was planning on making that joke too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, with with uh, that, let's move on to Austin's second pick. All right, so my second pick is. Inception, oh. and I, I had to get I had Man. to get some Nolan in there. I I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, 
I I saw it like three or four times in the theaters when it came out. Like the fact that this is a fully original film from from the mind of of uh, of Chris Nolan and his brother, it, it it's 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 amazing. Like I this the just the the concepts and the ideas, and then and once again, it makes you think. It makes you it make, gives you some questions about you know the nature of our reality, and uh, it. it it's i think it poses that question that that probably some of us have at least kind of thought of at least in passing at some point like and to the admittedly it's a question that might be more appropriately or most commonly posed uh posed in a uh, a college dorm room with a bunch of smoke around uh and people with red eyes uh, for me, bloodshot. They're smoking weed, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you're afraid to say I was drinking alcohol, and <laughs> now you're like, "That's fucking weed." Yeah, I, 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 inconsistency is good for comedy. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Just ask Zack Snyder's movie list. Yeah, Oof. but like, what if, what if we're really just asleep, man? But, but it is interesting because <laughs> I actually, and I think it's one of the reasons I like liked it so much is that even though I just made fun of that question being being, uh, you know, asked in and by stoners in a in, in college right. i actually remember thinking that sort of question to myself a lot of times when i was really young like i i because i thought i remembered like one like very brief like flashing image one, one um, image. In, my, in my head of like when i was like really 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 little like like, like one or like like between one and two years old and i just wondered like whoa like what if you know that's that's like what's what's really happening, and like I just mm-hmm. you know what if I'm gonna be woken up and I'm a, I'm a baby, <laughs> or like what if that happens after we die, or right or all that, and and I think and there was so much, there was so much uh, in this in Inception just about not about that, and then they used that concept to then explore more parts of humanity about like you know uh, love and uh, and what and the lengths that people will go to to. Uh, you know, get back to not in like romantic love, like fan familial love, and, and like the lengths that someone will go back to do to go uh, get absolutely. back with it. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Mm, <laughs> yes, love that. It might be my favorite line of the whole movie because even though it is like a kind of a throwaway gag line, it actually is. You know, if you if you want to be if you want to be a snob about it, you can like kind of pull pull uh, pull things a little uh, <laughs> deeper from that. For sure, it might have been the first movie I saw Tom Hardy in as well. Yeah, it was, it was like a launching point for Tom Hardy's like mainstream career, I think, too. And uh, one thing I wanted to point out about Inception was that at the time, like you were saying, it was a lot of stoner bros and a lot of people <laughs> like going, this movie is so deep and so convoluted and like so like deep, man. It's hard to understand almost. And, and, like, and then like fast forward and you watch like Interstellar and Tenet and you're like, oh, Inception's like, lego movie it's like (laughs) it's not even like it's a children's movie like in complexity compared to those movies like inception is really not that hard to follow like i never had an issue that's like just priming the pump yeah it's exactly it's just warming the audience up like oh you guys wait to see what i got coming up in five years uh inception is very easy to follow very jaw-dropping visuals jaw-dropping um ear pleasing music mm-hmm. uh the music is just i think elevated the movie to this like legendary status you know 
Well, it became the, yeah, like Howard, uh, Hans Zimmer outdid himself for that soundtrack to the Mm -hmm. point where that's become the mainstay for like action trailers now. Mm -hmm. Right. The bomb, bomb. That was like, now it's everywhere. But back then it really wasn't like, back then it was a lot of like. Speaking of back then, that was 11 years ago. What, Inception? Yep. Jeez, I can feel in my bones. Stop. I remember when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. 2010. I was, like, this, I was like, who's this Christopher Nolan fellow? He's been making a lot of good movies lately. I was. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing it when I was in college with, with my friends yeah. and just... Yeah, yeah, that's mind crazy. Blown. I, yeah, I remember watching it and just mind blown. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is a cinematic experience like no other at the time, at least, you know. Yeah, and I think and I think that movies like that where it's a completely original story, like they give me hope for the future of cinema. All and right. I feel like and also and I might sound like a bit of a snob here, but I think it gives me hope for the future of like movie theaters as well because I think there really is even though it's it's great to have the convenience of it, like having, you know, a nice screen, mm-hmm. a nice system in your own home, there's something special and and what and eternally magical about the experience of going into a movie into a movie theater with a bunch of people and like yes. and that collective energy they have because it's like it's 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 a different form of getting together for a concert or to a to a, even a certain extent it's like oh, a kind of religious experience just like this that right. energy of like when people get together and ha- and experience the same thing there's exactly. just something there's something greater that comes out of it mm-hmm. than than if you were to just you know like watch a concert on your TV like it'd basically be the the equivalent in in this scenario for this the experiential uh thing like you can still get some a lot out of it but the, absolutely nothing matches the 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 experience and, go ahead sorry Austin. oh this is gonna say yeah and this and i especially after uh what we've the world's been through in the past couple of years i think that uh we sh- we sh- we we uh, need more movies like this to say like hey like that's cool that you can get at home, but wouldn't this be amazing on a gigantic screen and with a bunch right. of bunch of bunch of other people? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you like to get out and do this? You can right. you can see any movie. You can you can see movies on your home whenever you want. Like, yeah, these Nolan movies give us hope. Like you said, it gave us hope that there's something that worth that's worth leaving your house <laughs> and yeah. watching in a theater. You know, I don't want to see like you know Nolan is the opposite of Hobbs and Shaw. You know, Hobbs and Shaw is like no disrespect, <laughs> but it's like scraping the bottom of the barrel movie, go movie experience. It's like half baked CGI, horrible acting, lukewarm comedy, and connection between the two main leaders, beadless casting, and then you got you got Nolan coming out. Boom! Here's another masterpiece. Boom! Here's another masterpiece. Boom! He's just knocking him out of the party. It's just like, all right, all right, chill, all right. All for his own mind. Exactly, and now you know the movie scenes like it's getting to this like it's almost like replicating what it was like in the late '90s, where it's like oversaturated with like back then it was like action comedy cop movies like back then you know like these. Yeah. Now we're getting oversaturated with superhero movies, and we need something to like like Lord of the Rings and one just like boom break through the barrier and just destroy everything <laughs> in its path and just like that's what Inception was in 2012 I think like it just came through just boom here's a movie you guys just. And it just broke the scene, and it did slow mo very tastefully. I think it gets 
gets underappreciated for that. Yes. Oh yeah. Because yeah. And Zack Snyder eats your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you do slow mo. Inception is how you do slow mo. Very well. Not a single, not a single sesame seed to be found. Right, and very and fantastic practical effects, like the the scene where the the market blows up with Elliot Page when they were like. You know, yep. explain. Yeah. And in the scene where they're fighting in the hallway that's spinning, they built a rig. Yes. Like it's water real. When it breaks yeah. through the whole water. And the was... water. Yep. Just and incredible. Stuff. Almost drowned. It was great. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, that's the best part. But it's <laughs> like, yeah, Inception doesn't get enough credit. Like, I mean, at the time it did, obviously, but like, it should be considered one of the greats. So thank you for bringing it up. Speaking of uh, Snyder Cut and Snyder in general, how does our uh, resident Snyder fanboy feel about his second pick that's me so anyways enough about you know enough enough about these crap directors there so it's uh <laughs> it's, it's man of steel time let's start <laughs> no, i actually Sorry. did not no no you guys know how how dear man of steel is to my heart you know and we're not going to talk about that <laughs> and um it is a fantastic sci-fi movie. I love Man of Steel. The alien. I just want to. Okay, can I just talk about Man of Steel for like two minutes? Okay, go for it. Just for a... <laughs> no, what are you done? Listen. So the sci-fi aspect of Man of Steel. Just forget about Superman. Just focus on the Kryptonians. I think Zack Snyder did a fantastic job of incorporating what that would be like if a Kryptonian like colony like came and visited us. The ships were really cool. The sound design was fantastic. The visuals were fantastic. The suits that they wore, the technology that they had seemed palpable, reasonable, but still awe-inspiring. Especially those think... escape pods, right? Those escape <laughs> You mean the, the... Um, we're not can't I'm not gonna talk about that right now. <laughs> If you wanna, if you wanna go back, people listening, go back watch the scene where Zod and crew get sent up to uh, uh, the hyperspace thing. And I'm not gonna stop there. Very reproductive uh, organ shaped um, <laughs> escape very pods or peculiar pods. shaped. Yeah. Uh, anywho, but I'm just saying that Man <laughs> of Steel did sci-fi very nicely, and I think I had a lot of, especially those. I love those machines that were like supposed to flip the polarity of the Earth, and they were terraforming Earth. <laughs> The dubstep like, machine. Yeah, the dubstep machines, but I, I don't think it was cheesy. I don't think it, like it was something out of like Transformers. It still felt cool. Uh, it still felt like an end of the world terror. Well, okay, okay enough about Man of Steel. Okay. Um, my second pick. Uh, you know, what? I'm gonna save this for last. Actually, my second pick will be. Oh, uh, I'm torn between Edge of Tomorrow and The Thing. Ooh, go with the for thing. My second pick. Oh, go with the I'm gonna, thing. I'm gonna go with the thing. Yeah, screw yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Because that's gonna be my next start. pick. Just a little. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Oh well, I'll just let you talk oh, about really? that then. Forget it. I'll talk about Edge of Tomorrow yeah. then. Are you being yeah, serious? You talk about the thing, and I'll talk about Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. All right, deal. I'll talk about the thing. I could not tell you. Let me tell you my experience watching the thing for the first time. I won't drone on for too long, but <laughs> I wasn't too familiar with that. I, I stay away from those Wait, like you 80s. You clarify 90s which the thing are you referring to? The old to? one, absolutely. John Carpenter. The, the, yeah, the thank you. The, the, the 1982 Russell Crow one. one. Or not the Russell yep. Crowe. The, the uh, 1982. Kurt Russell. Thank you. The Kurt Russell one. Yes. Right? Is it Kurt Russell? Thank yes. you. Yeah. And Will that Ridley. movie. <laughs> Yeah. So the funny thing is, when that movie first came out, nobody really cared about it. Like, it yeah. wasn't like this groundbreaking thing. No one well, it cared. It came out at the same time as E.T. So, like, yeah, so, like, forget like about it. Friendly alien bandwagon. Yeah, forget <laughs> about it. Like, no one cares. E.T., it's E.T. time. 
but then after et kind of died down i think people started like like oh my lord like we have ourselves like a classic here like this is like a really good movie and how i found the thing was i was just one night i was wanted to go to bed i was like two in the morning and i was on youtube and i saw a little clip from this called the thing and it looked weird i clicked on it and i usually <laughs> stay away from these 80s 90s movies because they're usually oh, a waste oh boy. of time. yeah they're usually a waste of time but man i could not i stayed up till like 3 30 just watching it on my phone on YouTube, just scene after scene after scene. After. I was just like, dude, what is happening? This, this, the concept is perfect. You're alone on an Arctic base, and there's an imposter. It's basically Among Us, the movie, <laughs> but, but done well and not cringe and not for 13-year-olds. <laughs> it's just the acting is so natural. The scene, mm-hmm. the, the atmosphere is really so, good. The writing is fantastic. The, the opposite of Prometheus. The practical the, effects are yes, next are awesome. level. Next level for the time, obviously. It's still, it looks a little weird right now. Oh, still, I, don't I, I, I would honestly disagree because I saw, I saw it. I saw it. I think like, well, not, I saw it in, uh, in college, I think, for the very first time, and I thought, like, they it held up incredibly well. Like Maybe, I don't some, know. There's some things that could be, probably be done better, better but, yeah. like, it, it, it still looks better. The practical effects still look better than, like, 80% of CGI. The scene with the dogs transforming and the yeah that was crazy with the like that, oh that, yeah like, full disclosure yeah. this like, is not a family movie do not watch oh yeah this is a hard r rated movie yeah mm-hmm. absolutely but it's like a but it's a soft hard r it's not like you know it's it's not too bad you know what i'm saying it's, it's still it's done well it's imagine a horror sci-fi movie rated r and that's what you right mean. yeah like, it's, it's not, not like gory like it's exactly right. the level that it needs to be to get across what it's trying to do it's a classy gory to, to move the story along you know to yeah. to impose <laughs> the threat gory. no i'm saying for that kind know, of movie, you need you gore you have to have gore you know you, what are you going to be afraid of a little you know like that does, something that does nothing except like scratch you you know like what, yeah, the same BMCU, things actually uh, have consequences here when they get hit <laughs> yeah, this is a marvel where everyone just yeah, lives no, I get and it. comes back you know um no, it's beautiful. And just to wrap it up, the atmosphere and the writing are the two strongest things going for it. And the just I can't get over how natural the acting was. It almost felt like a documentary of these guys like trying to fight these aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Russell did a fantastic job. Great, great. The ending is just like to this day debated. Like you thought Inception's ending was iffy. Like, you know, <laughs> this is like is he, there's like is full, he I've seen yeah, I've seen essays written about like you know, he sniffed a drink and he didn't, maybe he, well, he declined to drink it or he, maybe it was alcohol in that, or it was gasoline in that bottle. And that's how you know it was the alien because he didn't know and he thought it was beer. And like, and that's, oh, you could see the twinkle in his eye. And like, maybe he was like, I mean, I mean, this just goes on and on and on. The thing it's is wild. just a brilliant, brilliant movie. Way ahead of its time. Fantastically done. Uh, the sequel does not even deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as that movie no that's it's horrible the sequel they did all cgi went a full cgi b-list acting the premise is interesting because it's a prequel to it um but anyways that's the thing definitely go see it deserves better it's it's the opposite of what you would expect from an 80s movie it's not cringe it's really well written it's almost like it could be released today with updated cameras obviously and yeah. it, w- it would be perfectly fine yeah i but love john carpenter like how sure. like, I'm, like i'm a big horror guy like Hall- halloween is one of my favorite movies ever and, right and he like the fun fact john carpenter actually really wanted to do westerns like he wow. really, really wanted to do westerns like really badly like spaghetti westerns or 
Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. But then he just kind of stumbled into into doing horror, and it ended up being I don't know one of the greatest to ever do it. Horror directors of all time, great. <laughs> yeah. Made Halloween found his and niche. the thing like yeah, two cult classic movies. How do you? The yeah, it's hard fog. to do. What is oh, it? and the fog too. The fog. That's right. Oh, really? Yeah, he made the original fog. Wow. For some reason, I thought the mist at first. That horrible <laughs> 05 <laughs> with, uh, with the guy Similar from... Similar uh, name, not not the same. The main lead in that movie, or one of the main leads in the movie, fun fact, is uh, Starkiller from the uh, Force Force, uh, Force Unleashed games. Fun fact. Oh, interesting. In the mist, yep. So I was like, where do I know this guy from? I was like, oh, crap! It's the non-CGI version of him. It's the real-life <laughs> version of him. Oh, there he is. Uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, that's the thing, and it's a fantastic... That's that's a, just one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time for sure. Well, then uh, for for my pick, next pick, which Pete was about to speak about, I don't know which one to pick. Buckle right, up because one. this movie has two titles. Yeah, it originally came out in theaters as Edge of Tomorrow. Did not yeah. do well at all, and uh, yeah, upon sad, yeah. home release, it was retitled Live Die Repeat. And the screenplay is adapted from a 2004 Japanese light novel called All You Need Is Kill by Hiroshi Sakurazaka. I didn't know that. Really? See, yeah, it's like, it seems like, I mean, it kind of makes sense that it didn't um, take it off the way Japanese. it did. It is very Japanese. It does feel Japanese now that you mention it. Yeah. Uh, like the mech, mecha suits and like, yep. yeah, it, feels, it could be an anime, <laughs> that movie. Like if you could directly, like, wow, yeah. There, There's definitely, yeah, some influence from that genre. Um Live, die, repeat, aka Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, I call it Edge a... of Tomorrow because that's what I, when I saw it, it was called Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know. Live, die, repeat feels like a slogan. Right. It yeah, like it does. <laughs> that's like the tagline. And for it, it gives away the like the whole premise of the movie. Yeah, it's best going into this movie knowing. Well, I guess you can't really. That's like if Inception was called Fall Sleep, Dream, Awake, Awake. <laughs> it's like a horrible title. Like it's Without giving away too tomorrow. much of the movie, it's a sci-fi Wait, action. It. It's a sci-fi yeah. action film that's basically if Groundhog Day was a sci-fi action movie. Starring it's, Tom Cruise. Instead of starring just a Tom comedy. Cruise, yeah. yeah, starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, who are both fantastic in it. And even if you don't really like Tom Cruise, I recommend you watch this movie because this is... This is, uh, this movie doesn't necessarily do anything new or innovative per se, but it is the the most polished I think you could make this kind of movie. Like a for what it's trying to be, yeah. uh, the sci-fi action movie with the concept that it has, it's it's perfect. the The pacing is perfect. the uh, the The comedy in it is perfect. It doesn't like dwell too much on the comedy, but it's there enough to uh to keep it from from dragging in certain parts um it's constantly moving for a movie that is like groundhog day where there's a lot of repetitiveness it never really feels that repetitive like it feels repetitive enough where you feel the frustration of the main character in certain areas but it never feels like it's dragging on from just having the same thing over and over again and um it's the editing on this thing i think it did it win anything for best editing uh, that the year it came out. Jamie, pull it up. I remember thinking. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking when I saw it, this movie is edited perfectly. It um, really is. The pacing is fantastic, like fantastic. That's what keeps it alive, I think. 
it did not uh, win uh, or, or get nominated for any uh, Academy Awards. It's funny because it, it flopped in the movie theaters. Yeah, it lost $78 million. Yeah. But it's got a 90% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, wrap your head around that. It's it's solid. Um, so if, if you're looking for just a, a fun but well written and like there's a there's a difference between movies that are just fun but you recognize oh yeah and this isn't a good movie but it's so much fun like for me pacific rim it didn't make my list but it's one of my it's another one of my favorite sci-fi movies i know it's really not that great of a movie like the con- a lot of the concepts are dumb and and like a lot of stuff doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if you think a long a long time about it the whole concept is kind of ridiculous but man is it enjoyable man is it fun it's so much fun this is like like that it's so much fun to watch but the movie is it's a good movie it's well put together and it's funny on top of all that Mm -hmm. it's a funny movie like really like some good heart like felt laughs in there but the comedy never takes away from it like in a lot of marvel movies we talked about where it feels like they're trying to fill a quota with jokes tom cruise is natural like he's really funny and like Mm -hmm. the highest praise i can give this movie is i forget it's tom cruise (laughs) i literally forget it's tom cruise like 20 minutes in a movie i'm so involved in the movie that i forget it's Tom austin Cruise. you and i are gonna watch that soon I've, I've shown this movie to probably three or four different people and they've all loved it you haven't seen it i have not we 100 watch it 100 yeah well, i've I wanted so to good. we we almost watched it the other night but instead we went with baby driver yes again so is- yeah baby driver i i think a baby driver is better than edge of tomorrow barely barely in but a different like, way though like they're, they're different very way. different movies yeah but- I love the car world, and I'm a musician, yeah. so like, like, <laughs> Baby Driver is a really special place in my heart, so like that's why it's tough to beat, but again, one more thing about Edge of Tomorrow, I think it's one of those movies where it's much better than it should have been. It just, yes. like, it was set to fail in concept, casting, like, budget, <laughs> but it just blew it out of the park with everything, like, the pacing. Pacing is so hard to do in sci-fi movies. It's so hard. I mean, look at Attack of the Clones. Talk about a bore fest. Another, Sorry, excuse my Another French. edit. <laughs> hey, I muted myself. Right? You don't even have to do nothing. But, like, my lord, is it bad. But a, a movie that involves, like, being reborn and time skips and, like, just so hard to pay, do pacing on that kind of movie and they nailed it which is mm-hmm. like just good job good good job okay i'm done well let's round about our final picks because we're running out of time here folks we know you don't want to sit here all night and just listen to us blather you want to watch some of these movies so how, how much time do we have just so we have an idea like, uh 10 minutes oh geez okay go 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 all right i won't i won't i won't give it due with this one my third movie is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind Oh, we have I haven't seen about it. That so a little sell bit. it, sell oh. it to me, Austin. Sell it's, it to me. I haven't seen okay, it. Okay, so so I I can't I can't say enough good good about this movie. So it work it works on it works on uh so many levels. Like it works on a, a character level. Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet are gives mm-hmm. two of the best performances of their career. Like Jim Carrey, I I could talk about him for hours, just about how good of an actor he is and good of a performer he is. You know, he's 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 funny. He has his you know rubbery face shtick that he does oh so well. But like when he gets it, when he gets a well written serious role, like he really dives into it. And uh, I heard in interviews him talking about how 
this character, uh, Joel Bearish, as actually very close to how he is in real life when he's off. And so I thought that kind of knowing that added a kind of personal touch to the movie when I when I would rewatch it. What is sci-fi um, about it, if you don't mind? So, it, so yeah, there's so. this show, if I, do, if I may, Austin, just real quick. The movie itself isn't necessarily sci-fi, but it, it ha- is, is very heavy in elements from sci- science fiction and psychological thrillers. And like the non-linear narrative that it uses feels very sci-fi-ish. Uh, go ahead, Austin. Mm. Yeah. No, that, that, that's a good setup, actually. Yeah, so basically the, the premise of the movie uh, is that uh, you know, Jim Carrey's character and uh, meets, meets Kate Winslet, and it, and it seems like it's kind of like going to be a, almost a relatively cliche, like, you know, boy meets girl, a kind of romance story. But then, uh, and this is like right at the beginning, so I'm not spoiling anything. When I say it skips forward to the, to the end of their relationship and, and uh, you know, Jim's Jim or Joel in the, the movies, he's very, very upset. And he ends up finding out about this place where you can go and have a procedure done to erase certain memories or erase certain people. Oh, uh, there's a sci fi. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so most of the movie actually takes place in his mind during the erasing procedure oh. of his memories. And, nice. and it follows and it follows that journey. And uh Without getting into you know, spoiler territory, uh, there is a there is a twist to the movie, and it and it the twist, I think, makes a very powerful uh, statement about uh, the cyclical nature of life and people, and uh, and even of relationships. And I think it I think it's telling on a like so. This is why I say it works on a story level. It works on a character level, and I think it works on it just a, a human like kind of philosophical sort of level because it really does. Mm-hmm leave you thinking about well would I really do this because it then make because the movie like forces you to contemplate the consequences because I think we've all kind of had this idea uh, when something horrible and like devastating has happened in our lives that wow I wish I could just forget that and not have that experience ever anymore and right. perhaps some people would would actually would be better off but this movie really makes you like it kind of puts you puts the, the the consequences of it up to you and says do you really really want to do that would you really want to and and i and i think it makes it and it doesn't give you an answer but it gives a pretty you know strong indication of 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 whether uh one way or the other um but also leaving it you know to to your to your liking and and it is also a little uh open-ended as far as uh the interpretation of of the ending and and what it means and so i'm looking at the poster here and it says mark ruffalo and elijah wood (laughs) yes they are they are in it as well which is wow very interesting casting (laughs) yeah now it's like right Um, after lord of the rings too because it's an 04 mm -hmm. so elijah would like went from being frodo to like this this beautiful sci-fi love story and it's actually (laughs) really funny because he has a very He's a very, very different character from Frodo. That's probably what you need after such a franchise like Lord of the Rings. You need like a refresher just to, you know. Just, yeah. And, and do like, something completely different, I guess. Yeah. And like this movie is very surreal. Like, and, and the visuals, everything's yeah. very, everything's very practically done. And it's amazingly shot. Like the way right. that they did the I'm sold. Movie, I'll watch it. I'll, I'm sold. You got you will, it. You will love it. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I could, I could, like I said, I could talk for hours about it, but we don't have that much time. I've sold Pete on it. Andrew has agreed with my points. Let's move it on. Pete. Move it on. 
your third uh, my pick is not as deep as his is actually like another b-list sci-fi movie that not a lot of people saw i don't think or gave a chance ender's game i ha- i actually own that movie um yep. not necessarily because i love it but because i love the book and i yes. wanted to see the movie and <sighs> so i'm not going to spend too much time talking about it but i was a fan of the book mm-hmm. read it in middle school so fell good. in love with the idea so i read good. like seven i read like seven of the books in the series there's like 23 books Speak but i got like there's seven of them yeah and they're it's big like, books here writing oh yeah 23 books the universe building is think like it makes harry potter look like a joke <laughs> yeah. like like the world building and like you know there's one book dedicated to what happens on earth there's another book dedicated to what happens to ender after ender's game there's several books dedicated to ender the sibling yep yep exactly me and andrew could talk about this later but (laughs) it's the universe is so beautifully done in the books and like the characters are so deep and traumatic and just like really nice anyway you haven't seen it austin Mm -mm. do you know anything about ender's game not really no okay then i don't want to give away there's a big twist and i don't want to give it away in the ender's game so basically, I'll try to like sum it up. So there is, oh god, how do I explain it without giving it away? Basically, it follows Ugh. the these uh, the main character Ender, Andrew Ender Wigan. The uh, the world basically has this like sing, uh, one or two child policy. He ends up being the third in his family, so he's looked down upon. But he's essentially a genius, a tactical genius, especially. Um, he gets sent to. Uh, uh, Space, space soldier academy. school yeah space space yeah. academy and more or less turns the academy upside down um with his with his ingenuity um but what makes him especially good is is his his brother and some other people that he's known and that the book explores a little bit are also very intelligent people but they have no heart or empathy um, and, and then there's other valentine, people right? like his other people yeah. like his sister valentine is an, another character who um have the empathy but aren't able to make the hard decisions that the the like people like his brother would make and mm. ender is kind of like a, a perfect storm mix of those two things he's empathetic mm. but also can make the hard choices and is a tactical genius oh well, yeah he's the protagonist um, of course but uh he's <laughs> yeah. perfect yeah he he's but, he is flawed but he he's, is flawed. Um, yeah, absolutely. he's a flawed character the the, the characters are pretty well written the book is is excellent the book um, but... is one of the greatest books of all time, and the series is just incredible. The movie, it's like the fourth worst sci-fi movie that Harrison Ford's been in, and yeah. I would say. You know? <laughs> the... And uh, he still acts his butt off. I mean, it's still like He's Harrison good. Ford he holds he holds a the... shift. Yeah, he holds the role well. He does a great job as a role, but you just keep thinking, oh, it's Harrison Ford. Oh, it's Han Solo. You, just, you can't, like, <laughs> forget, you know, it's, it's Han Solo in a space suit, like, you know. But anyways, let me tell you my love of Ender's Game and we'll end it. Like, the concept... I, oh, I don't want to give it away. Okay. The whole idea... There was an ancient war, like, hundreds of years ago, like, a hundred years ago that happened with humanity and these uh, alien race. And hum- mm-hmm. humans won barely, and there's, like, video footage of it. But then now the humans want to, like, put an offensive and to kill off these aliens, so that way they never in- invade. So they bring up Ender... And his uh, couple other friends and stuff into this academy for kids to train them and to be generals to direct huge like armadas of spaceships and like these giant super complicated like that's so good rereading it in my head as we're talking about it and like rewatching it and like oh god it's like Star Wars for intellects 
That's the best way of putting Ender's Game series. It's like Star Wars for smart people. <laughs> not, that, not that Star Wars, you know, you can't get it smart with it, but Star Wars is like... The movie gets the overall, like, like, concepts from the book decently well. Yeah. Um, I mean, as the movie... The I, I would really hate to too. see a movie, the book, like, Ender's Game be split into multiple movies because I think generally taking one book and splitting it up is is poor, poor... Uh, Poor planning. They didn't do that though. They did no, game, no. They covered but one book. It really yeah. does require more time. I think the movie. Right. The movie is pretty short though. I think this could have easily been a two and a half hour. Two and a half movie, hour. Yeah, and it they was just that, yeah. barely two hours. Just under two hours, I think. Like, because there's so many things you can explore, and even in the first book that they just kind of mm-hmm. skimmed over and like kind of watered down, and it really ruins the movie. The movie. It's it's a prime example of the book being much better than the movie. But the movie is still a great sci-fi flick. Yeah, it's not, the twist it's is, not bad. The twist still hits you hard. It's yeah. one of the few instances where the child actors aren't so bad that it takes away from the movie. The child mm-hmm. acting is actually pretty good in Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you don't have time to read, just give the movie a watch. But I highly, me and Andrew both beg you, read the book first, probably. I mean, I'll never forget it. Andrew, you know the twist I'm talking yep, about. I, I, know exactly I will the twist. for the rest of my life. There's kind of the two twists, time. but there's one in particular. Yeah. You know the twist the I'm talking about. twist. I, I just want to tell you. I want to hug you. I'll scream at you. It's like, okay. But like, it builds you up into thinking something and it just flips you upside down. And I'll never forget, like, I'm, I literally dropped the book. It was the first time <laughs> in my life I dropped a book and went what i did the like, same thing i didn't drop it but i remember being like oh oh like dude what <laughs> dude what like it just like oh my god it's like you know builds the, you, you know like the first up, time you, up, you saw that twist for the sixth sense like it's kind of like that but with a with a, 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 a happier emotional side to you to your where you're like right Whoa. <laughs> it's like it's like luke i'm your father level of like Oh, in the like, book, like in the twist. book. Not, in the, I don't think it's, book, it's not executed book. that well, nearly that well in the movie. It's but. very poorly executed in the movie, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's fine in the movie, but that, fine is not good enough right for this. That right there makes me want to read the book first. Because My reaction to it, dude, Yeah. it's Both just them, yeah. like, I just like my jaw dropped. I didn't know what to think. My forgot. It. I was like, what's my name? What's <laughs> happening? It just so expects you to like, yeah, Watch just it. Ender's Game. So that's Ender's Game. Watch it, but read it. Read it read ender's game and then read and you'll want to read the rest of the books it's so good how, how do you say that word hegemony 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 there's a book called it um what's the book called andrew hegemony of earth or... uh i don't remember that one The i actually didn't read all the books <laughs> i only read two or three of them the book is called hegemony yeah that, is that how you say it i think so Hegemony. If that's not correct, hegemony. Hegemony. Here, hold on, Google. Hegemony. Hegemony. It's, you know what it means, right? I mean, it's, it's like a, a political basically... or military dominance, right? Yeah, it basically talks about his uh, his brother Peter. Is yeah, brother? taking over yeah. on Earth. Taking over world. Mm. He just runs Earth, and it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Really good, like almost as good as Ender's Game. And there's a whole book dedicated to Bean. His. Okay, yes. we can get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so good. All the characters are mwah. It just doesn't get enough attention, and like the. It's just. I think it's just too smart. I know it sounds cringy. It's just too smart for a huge, huge like population of people. I hate to say it. I sound like a snob, <laughs> but like, but like I'm serious. Like, there's. It's just not. Okay, I'm done talking about it. It's just mwah. ten out of ten. The books are just fantastic. 
And last but not least, the the movie that I Revenge have of the Sith. Thank pick. you for transition. Revenge of the Sith. So we'll spend the next hour talking about Revenge of the Sith. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> We're at almost and... an hour into this podcast. I know you all are ready to go watch the movie. So my last pick is Annihilation. I uh, I really like everything that I've seen Alex Garland do so far, um, but this one is my favorite by him. Uh, and again, for a different reason from the first two movies. Um, Arrival, very emotionally compelling. It was the reason why I like that one. Um, I really like Edge of Tomorrow because it's it's just fun and enjoyable to watch. I've seen it probably half a dozen times. Um, and uh, just a good comedic action-adventure sci-fi movie. Annihilation is a, 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 more, a deeper, more... Uh, I don't want to say darker. It is a, it is darker than the first two movies, but more it's visceral? it's a bit more visceral. It's not a horror movie. It it's I don't think it's a horror movie. It's more of a thriller. It has some horror moments. There is a moment that I know Pete is going to know about that I'm talking what Pete part talking about that is absolutely chilling. Wait, there's a couple absolutely well, chilling moments. Well, like... that, that's fair. That's fair. Are you talking but... about near the end? No, not the, not the, the lighthouse. Not not in the lighthouse, but that part is too. Uh, that that part is really chilling. Like when he disappears. There's, you're like, what? There's what? an absolutely horrifying part though. <laughs> before that, um, that is executed so well. Um, what are we talking about? Can you give me a? Can you give me an idea? Help me. Like, tell me the... Oh! <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I forgot. Oh, <laughs> you blocked ah. it out of your memory because it was so, ah. it was so. Uh, it took that, you back. I'm not, I'm not. These aren't. These huhs aren't from like a grotesque huh. It's like a. It's haunting. Yeah. It's really haunting. You've seen well, Austin. Have you seen it? One. Have you seen it? No, he hasn't. This is oh another. Oh my one lord, that... <laughs> dude! You're making me think about annihilation again. The, this oh, movie, that movie is blew my mind. it does have some squeamish moments and uh it's definitely a, an r-rated movie but it it is a very it's a bit of a mind bender beautifully shot yeah it's a very a bit of a mind bender <laughs> a bit of a mind bender puts your mind in a blender <laughs> okay so yeah it, it it's a it's a mind bender that is also super artsy pretty looking film yeah um, that's, that's, that's also like a signature of Alex Garland. His movies are always, um, kind of mind bendy and beautifully shot. Uh, but, but the, the concept behind Annihilation is there, the, the main character played by Natalie Portman and her husband who is missing for a long, for a while, like a year or something like that reappears, uh, in her life. Um, he was in the military and uh but he's like in a catatonic state almost and she, who's the husband played by wasn't like a big oscar actor. isaac yeah yeah yeah. he did a really he's really in like a catatonic job. state so yeah, she yeah, yeah. rushes him yeah. um to the emergency room and on the on the way they're intercepted by government vehicles and she's taken to the secret facility and he's he's basically in a coma and she finds out that he was part of a team that it went into this um this zone called the shimmer which is behind this giant, like rainbowy, glowing, almost like looks like a shield or something in this off the coast of episode one, the Naboo shields. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, looks, it, like it looks a lot like that. Oddly enough, Natalie Portman likes her way around the Gungans. Um, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, Please say anything else quickly. It's it's on the East Coast. It takes place on the, like the East Coast, and this area That's along it? the East Coast. I'm pretty sure it's oh, it the East does. Coast. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The lighthouse gives it away. Yeah. And uh, and they don't know what it is, like what's causing the shimmer. But whenever they send teams in, they they disappear, and her husband's the only one who's ever come back. Um, and they're not able to get radio signals in or out or technology. Everything just kind of disappears once it goes in. And uh, so she goes in with a, a team of scientists because they'd only sent military personnel in before this. She goes in with a, a ragtag team of scientists. Well, I say ragtag team, but they're all professionals in their field. <laughs> You're thinking of Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> she goes in with a group of other professional uh, women, um, scientists and the like, to investigate. And the, the movie women? follows. Yeah, You're it was right. all women. This movie's so good. You don't even think about it. I and mean, like, I know it sounds like sexist it, on the surface, but, like... It doesn't seem like they're trying to, like, just fill fill in a, a quota. There, There is great representation in this movie, and it doesn't right. feel like it's just being done for the sake of representation. Women, you know. It's 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 a, uh, it's a really great... Opposite of Ghostbusters. Opposite of the new Ghostbusters <laughs> reboot. It's the opposite of that. It's, Everyone's it's well done acted. because it services the story well, Forward. and they're all great characters, um, and, and they're all great actors, actresses, excuse me, Overall, this movie is a wild ride. It gets weird. It gets right. kind of spooky. So when you say it gets weird, I'm going to take a wild guess at this. You mentioned a lighthouse. So what I'm thinking is that when they go inside of this shield thing, they end up finding Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Oh, Robert Pattinson is just beating a seagull. How long have we been on this rock? <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. That's a great movie. That's a great movie, yeah. Not sci-fi, uh, but yes. Sci-fi. Well, it kind of is, though. You know, if you a little bit. A little, yeah, a little, little kind of fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know yeah. where you are. It's like a little... It's kind of like, well, everybody, like that is our picks for uh, some sci-fi movies that we all recommend for you. Um, maybe next time we'll get Joe in with us. He wanted to be with us. But, uh, Joe, if you're listening to this later, we, we miss you, buddy. Um so uh, thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast or watching wherever you're getting this. Uh, if you'd like to let us know wh- what you think of these movies when you get a chance to see them, go to facebook.com slash incredible critics, Twitter at three critics pod, or leave a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast feed. Let us know what you think until next time. We are the incredible critics and go enjoy some sci-fi everybody. Watch your mention of Sith. Does, does the other guys count as a as a I'm kidding. Aim for the bushes. <laughs> Aim for the bushes. Uh, another honorable mention um, was uh, that I wanted to bring up was Moon. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't. Oh man, you know I haven't. It's it's real good. Also, Gattaca. So if ah, I forgot to bring up Pacific Rim. <laughs>